afternoon, my friends, and happy Valentine's Day to all the lovebirds out there, if you're into celebrating. I'm Paige Browning from the KUOW Newsroom in Seattle, and I have a reminder before we get to today's show. This podcast is moving and getting a new name. Starting next Tuesday, February 20th, we're joining up with KUOW's Seattle Now, and this podcast feed where you're listening right now will go away. So just search Seattle Now in your podcast app and hit subscribe, and we'll see you over there next week. On to today's show, it's Wednesday, February 14th. It is a mad dash to get bills passed in the Washington legislature right now, and all of a sudden, rent limits have a chance. It's not rent control, which sets a total cap on prices. It's a bill to impose limits on landlords who want to raise the rent. The full house passed it last night, but our correspondent Jeannie Lindsay reports that it faces a difficult path forward. The bill would cap the amount landlords can raise tenants' rent each year. It's prompted emotional back and forth this session. Critics worry the policy could stifle the state's housing market and won't be effective. Here's Representative Chris Corey. I'm voting no because I don't want to give people false hope. But supporters say the bill can help prevent homelessness and give renters immediate relief from rising rent costs. Here's Representative Emily Alvarado. Seniors cannot wait. Our children cannot wait for housing stability. Cheers from Democrats could be heard in the House chamber after the bill passed a cutoff deadline Tuesday. But the measure now heads to the Senate, where a similar bill stalled earlier this session. I'm Jeannie Lindsay in Olympia. Washington has the city with the highest minimum wage in the nation, and now it might have two with that title. In Renton, a special election measure to raise wages is leading by a healthy margin. If it passes, large businesses in Renton will need to pay $20.29 an hour. Advocates say it'll be a big boost for workers who are struggling to pay rent. On the business owner side, it's more complicated. David Hill, who owns Fortune Casino and Fortune Poker in Renton, said he has mixed feelings. It's the tipped employees that are you know, really kind of getting the boon here. My average tipped employee is making over $50 an hour. Hill's lowest paid employees, like dishwashers, already make at least $20 an hour. But his card dealers and other employees who get tips will get raises. We're watching results, and they'll be updated all week. To our food beat, Washington consumers are waiting to see whether the merger of grocery giants Kroger and Albertsons goes through. Meanwhile, a bill making its way in Olympia would protect grocery workers should the merger become finalized. Ruby DeLuna reports. Grocery workers here are worried about their jobs if the merger goes through. This bill aims to alleviate workers' concerns. It would require the new company to retain workers for six months. Those who are let go would be compensated. Senator Steve Conway is the bill's sponsor. These people have a right to be defended if this merger occurs, and that's what this bill is about. The $25 billion merger will have a significant impact on Washington. More than half of all grocery here are owned by either Kroger or Albertsons. The association representing independent grocers opposes the legislation, saying it could have implications for their members down the road. Ruby DeLuna, KUOW News. The trial over the death of Manny Ellis was just resolved earlier this year. 
And now two of the three police officers involved want the state to pay their attorney's fees. According to the Tacoma News Tribune, two of the officers who were tried but acquitted of killing Ellis have filed the request. If it's approved, they could get almost $2 million in defense costs paid back to them. Last month, each officer was paid $500,000 to resign from the Tacoma Police Department. Snow is coming back into the forecast to the great relief of people watching our dwindling snowpack. In this next bout, Seattle's not likely to get any, maybe a dusting here and there, but it's a different picture south and west of Seattle. Our eyes are generally focused on Pierce, Lewis, and Kitsap counties. They're running the risk for some actual accumulating uh, lowland snow. We could see snowfall accumulations even getting so high as two to three inches. That's Steve Reedy with the National Weather Service. Tonight through Friday morning, the Southern Cascade Mountains, Kitsap Peninsula, and Hood Canal are forecast to get heavy snow. And lowland areas around Tacoma, Puyallup, and Olympia could see some light snow. For Seattle, it'll be mostly rainy, but there is a 20% chance of snowflakes Thursday night, leading to a sunny Friday morning. But statewide, snowpack is still in a bad place. So this year's multi-sport ski-to-sea race may not include skiing at all. The organizers of the annual event in Bellingham say they're monitoring the snow base and will have an update for racers in March or early April. The race starts with a cross-country ski leg and a downhill ski or snowboard on traditionally snowy Mount Baker. Organizers say if there is not enough snow for the Memorial Day weekend event... The ski legs will be replaced by an alpine run and a mountain bike leg. We have more news from the state capitol today where a clock is ticking. Lawmakers need to act soon on a series of Republican-led voter initiatives. Democratic leaders say they're figuring out how to handle them. Jeannie Lindsay has more. The six voter initiatives would repeal or roll back prized policies from Democrats, including the state's capital gains tax and Climate Commitment Act. Senate Majority Leader Andy Billig says those two initiatives specifically won't get public hearings. But he says the remaining four initiatives are still in the mix. We don't have this final decision on which ones or when, but there will be some hearings. The remaining four include a proposal to create a so-called Parents' Bill of Rights, ban income taxes, and make the state's long-term health care tax optional. Another initiative would roll back limits on police car chases. Billig says decisions about whether to hear those initiatives and any proposed alternatives should be announced soon. I'm Jeannie Lindsay in Olympia. Legislators have also been kicking around whether to finally make the evergreen state Washington's nickname. It's not officially on the books because the legislature doesn't have any official record of it. But a bill to make it so was approved by the Senate last night. The phrase, the evergreen state, is already on the Washington state license plate and the 2007 Memorial Quarter honoring Washington state. And finally today, the founder of Bob's Red Mill, Bob Moore, has died. He was 94, and the Oregon-based company says he peacefully passed away at home on Saturday. 
Bob's Red Mill was founded in 1978 and grew to become a staple in the global organic foods movement and store shelves throughout the country. The New York Times, which wrote about his death Tuesday, says the company saw explosive growth, but Bob Moore denied multiple acquisition offers to keep the company local and opted to give employees stock ownership in 2010. And that's a wrap from the KUOW newsroom in Seattle. Our producer's Andy Hurst, and I'm Paige Browning. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. See ya!